2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong, joined today by the one and only DJ. Hello,
1: everyone. It's it's really nice to be here.
2: Oh, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen people outside of the people that normally inhabit this household. So it's great to hang out with an old friend, DJ. Hey, aren't vaccines great? They are amazing, in Look, fact. We're, <laughs> we're right next we're to right each other. We're right next to each other. And I feel like it's, I don't know, I feel, I feel revitalized. I feel refreshed. I feel ready to talk about Commander, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're doing today because we are going to preview not just one card, but the entire precon deck for Boros. It is Lorehold Legacies. This is one of the five precons that they're releasing alongside Strixhaven. Um, it's the best part of the year. It comes at, at seemingly any point of the year now when we when we have all the precon decks. But this is really exciting. Um, you know, DJ, you you got to look at this deck and you built this outline. Are you excited?
1: I am super excited because this deck has a lot of really great value at every point. Mm-hmm. Financial value, value when you're playing it, value engines in it. But also there's some cards in here that could really shake up your commander decks, even if you're not playing this specific precon.
2: Yeah, dare we say format staple in red and white. Not kidding around. Uh, Before we get into it, though, if you want to pre-order this deck, and honestly, this is one of the ones that when I saw it, I'm like, I want this one. You should head on over to cardking.com slash commandzone. Just type it into your URL. You got all that strict saving stuff, five pre-cons, tons of stuff to get right now they're the people that we trust to get it to us the fastest at the quality that they promise so make sure you use that affiliate link when you do and when those cards arrive throw them into some ultra pro sleeves the fact that we have these out here makes me a little nervous but they're on ultra pro Playmats, so i'm a little more i feel good about that part about it. <laughs> uh, ultra pro another sponsor of the show again you can get their products on card kingdom you can also just get it at your lgs because i think a lot of local stores are going to need a little bit of support as we get back into the card playing world the physical one at least and finally, the last way to support the show is patreon.com slash command zone. We shout out one lucky patron every week. And this week's episode is dedicated to Brandon, Brandon Swiss.
1: Swiss. Brandon, you rock. There you go.
2: Yeah, I was yes, going to say, I, uh, my brain yes. just did this like, man, I was like, wait a minute, do I need to say you rock? I've never done that. Uh, okay, so let's get right into it. Lorehold Legacies. Lorehold is one of the five main colleges at Strixhaven, and Boros is their color. And just so you all know, We will all, and probably including DJ, be talking about these cards in depth, right? Analysis, what cards work with it, what it's similar to, what cards synergize with it in future reviews. Right now, we're here just to preview all of these awesome new cards so that you can see what's going on. We're also gonna do that budget upgrade guide in the the future. So don't worry if we don't talk about too much strategy here. There's a lot of new cards to get through and we're really excited to analyze them and talk about them at a later date. Right now, we're just previewing them for your brains to explode about.
1: Yeah, so we have... 21 new cards uh, in this... Yeah, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. But 21 new cards in this commander deck. I'm really excited. Four of them are from the Strixhaven set, Mm -hmm. so you might be able to be drafting some of these a little bit later. But uh, there's some really... There's some really good ones. And in fact, there's four new legendary creatures. It's a good place to start. Yep. Uh, Let's start with the face card.
2: Let's do it. So two of these four new legendary creatures are Boros legendaries. I'll start off with the one that's on the front of the box. It is Ozgear, the Reconstructor. This is two red and a white for a 4-4 legendary creature giant artificer. It's got vigilance, as a lot of giants do, right? I guess they stand tall. Yeah,
1: they do. Yeah, yeah, it's a giant
2: thing. Uh, Now, that's two abilities on here, and you're going to very quickly see what Lorehold is all about when we talk about these cards. So the first ability is Pay 1, Sacrifice an Artifact target creature you control gets plus two plus zero until end of turn and the second ability is pay x and then tap ozgear to exile an artifact with mana value x from your graveyard so mana value again is the name for cmc and then create two tokens that are copies of the exiled card activate only as a sorcery so if you have a 3 CMC or 3 mana value card in your graveyard that's an artifact, you pay 3, tap Ozgear, you exile that, and then you make 2 copies of it onto your battlefield, only at sorcery speed.
1: You know, for a second I was afraid when you said sacrifice an artifact and grant power, that mm-hmm. This is like, oh my gosh, more attacking. But this, <laughs> but this is really a sacrifice outlet and a value engine built together into a commander that cares about artifacts.
2: Yeah, and it, it, this is one of those cards where we like to say everything you need to know is on the card itself. Ozgear will sacrifice the artifact for you, and then you can use... Use Ozgear to bring it back later on. These aren't copies that last until end of turn. They are token copies that exist until they go away, which is pretty powerful. So I really like this card a lot. Lorehold seems to be drawing a value in Boros, right, from the graveyard and specifically with Artifact Recursion, which is a great spot, I think, for Boros to be in. It's not attacking, it's not equipment anymore like we've seen for way too long. Now we actually have some value tacked on.
1: Yeah, we got some real archaeologists in Lorehaven. Uh, Or uh, Lore... Hold. Hold. There we go. Lore Lore Haven is great. Right. Haven.
2: Everything. Silver Silverhaven.
1: <laughs> All right. We have another Boros Commander uh, legendary creature in here. It's Alibu. Boo. Ancient Witness. Uh, it's a 4-5 legendary artifact creature golem. It's 3 red white.
2: Okay. So whenever one or more artifact creatures you control attack, Alibu uh, deals X damage to any target and you scry x, where x is the number of tapped artifacts you control. So this is pretty cool. It's an, uh, it's an effect for all artifact creatures other than Alibu. They get haste, and then when they attack, this is going to do damage to them without even needing to attack, but then you get a scry X. So if you have a bunch of tapped artifacts already on the battlefield, mana rocks or whatever, that's a bunch of value.
1: Yeah, this is great because you you initially go Boros and you think, oh, well, if I attack with a bunch of artifacts, I'll deal more damage, and it feels yeah. very Borosy. But then you mentioned mana rocks. Mm-hmm. There's tons of ways that you can tap artifacts. And then you don't have to attack. You have other ways of getting damage through and scrying like you mentioned
2: yeah exactly right you can just have one artifact creature attack including alibu as a four or five and then that's going to do x damage let's say you have five other artifacts tapped that's going to do five six damage and then you're going to scry that many that's pretty cool uh, when you scry when you're scrying about three or four that's basically drawing one to two cards at that point it's what it feels like at least
1: Alibu grants haste, which is really good if Mm -hmm. you are attacking. And we also have Thopter Engineer in this set. And so we have other ways of granting haste for our artifacts.
2: Pretty exciting. Uh, Both of these, I think, are going to be really fun to build around. Obviously, they both work great together in the same deck as well, so I'm excited to see what goes on there. Okay, let's move on to the mono-colored legendaries. There are two of them. The first is Lashiel Clockwork Scholar. It's an elephant. Two and a white for a 2-4 legendary creature elephant artificer. Prevent all combat damage that will be dealt to attacking artifact creatures you control. Okay? And whenever one or more artifact creatures enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn.
1: Oh. This, again, is doing something similar where you feel like it's the normal Boros thing where it's like, okay, it rewards you for attacking. Attacking, right. But then it has the card draw tacked onto it. It feels like it's riding the line between this whole deck, between being able to attack and then being able to do other value engine things.
2: Yeah, just playing this as a three-mana creature and then anytime an artifact creature enters the battlefield under control once a turn, you draw a card. That is by, in in and of itself, good good enough. And then it has this nice sort of irawas ability tapped on where you know it's you know attacking artifact creatures don't take combat damage. Um, I'm I'm pretty pleased so far. I don't know about you, DJ. I know there's a ton of ways
1: to just cast an artifact, put an artifact in. Like that's, I mean, we've it only seems talked really about good.
2: three cards, <laughs> that's and that's every good. single one of them has some sort of card advantage, if not direct card draw, tacked right onto them. Good job, wizards. <laughs> All right, the next monocolored uh, hero or <laughs> legendary is Lalia or Laelia. The Blade Reforged, two in red for a two-two legendary creature, Spirit Warrior, has haste. Whenever Laelia or Layla, I you know honestly, whenever L attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. And whenever you exile one or more cards from your library and or your graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on Laelia. Hmm. Okay.
1: What do you do? You like Impulsive Draw?
2: I, well, considering it's the only draw that red's gotten, I, you're kind of forced to like it, but you watch as they keep making more and more impulsive draw effects over the years. And obviously, you know, they get better and better with the more that you have because you have more options and white has just been lagging behind. So I'm actually fine with this because there's now tons of ways to do this, obviously. Right.
1: But also if you, if you have other impulsive draw effects, then you're going to grow this creature as well. Because it's not right. just its own exile, uh, impulsive draw exile that grows it. It's anyone.
2: Yeah, not to mention, you know, and you wrote this down, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see this, right? Cards like Underworld Breach and Grim Lava Mancer work great here because it's whenever you exile one or more cards from your graveyard as well. So if you have ways to get rid of cards in your graveyard, that's another way to grow this really quickly. I think it's going to be very hard to block a card like Lelia when it's attacking. For sure. Okay.
1: Okay, let's talk about uh, some of the single-target removal, the targeted removal that we have in this set.
2: Ooh, new cards that are targeted removal in Boros. I'm excited. I know. Get out of here. Ah! You did that so well. (laughs)
1: jeez the tables have turned i'm usually (laughs) the one that's the worst at throwing the vapor off i just throw it behind me
2: i don't know i'll try to copy it looked so cool when you did it
1: (laughs) okay i want to talk about rip apart Mm. red and white for sorcery choose one rip apart does three damage to target creature or planeswalker okay or destroy target artifact or an enchantment
2: artifact or an enchantment two mana hey Two mana, Sorcery Speed, all right? Sorcery Speed. But here's it doesn't target players, but I'm looking at this as just, this is nice and flexible here, right? Creature or Planeswalker can get rid of a lot of stuff. And Artifact or Enchantment...
1: It seems flexible, right?
2: Yeah, it seems very flexible. I, I mean, enchantment removal, I think, is quickly growing to be one of the most important things I think I need in most commander games, much more than artifact removal, because so many enchantments are the kind of cards that win people the game, um, especially because I see people willing to pay like seven mana for big ones, too. So something like Rip Apart seems very, very solid. Yeah. Okay. And it's an uncommon. Uh, it's in the main it's set. in the main set. Okay, there you go draft it all right next up we have excavation technique three and a white for a sorcery and this has a new keyword ability on it demonstrate when you cast this spell you may copy it if you do choose an opponent to also copy it players may choose new targets for their copies and what excavation technique does is destroy target non-land permanent its controller creates two treasure tokens okay so this needs a little bit more explanation demonstrate is an optional ability. When I cast this, I don't have to copy it. But if I do, I can be like, DJ, I also want you to have a copy of this. So you get to choose new targets for your copy and you get to destroy a target non-land permanent. However, the controller of that permanent makes two treasure tokens.
1: Obviously, there would be a little bit of political talking beforehand, but I, I accept. I accept.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I definitely want to do this because I get to do this twice now. You know, you wrote this down. And I was like, wait a minute, what do you mean I get to do this twice? When I demonstrate I get to cast it again. And I give you one copy, which seems great for you, but seems pretty good for me too. So if we're
1: in cahoots, which we're going to be, right? Right, of course. Then we look across the table at Josh's board and we destroy
2: three things? Three things. Now, if we do three things on Josh's board, he does make six treasure tokens. But if those three things are more worth it than six extra mana... I mean, that seems pretty darn solid. The only thing that, that seems a little bad is like if you blow their commander up because you're giving them the mana to recast it, right? But That's interesting. Yeah. You are still
1: putting them back quite a bit because they got to rebuild their board. I like it. I like demonstrate as a mechanic. Yeah. I like the ability to to finagle things. And also it's like a good uh, sort of king killer uh, effect. Yeah, yeah, Because in sure. commander games, like people pull ahead and sometimes you got to team up to take down the person that's pulling ahead of everyone else. And cards like this can help equalize a game.
2: Yep. And I, I personally like cards that ask players to work together rather than oppose each other all the time. So cards like this are really fun. Not to mention, right, I could target my own stuff. You could target your own stuff if you copy it. And then you're basically ramping.
1: Wait, is this a ramp? Is this a ramp spell?
2: This is yeah. This is a four mana destroy one of your own things. It can't be a land, so you can't blow up a land. But you sacrifice do ram- two
1: random things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, it seems really good with Ozgir, right? Because Ozgir can bring it back from the graveyard, and you get even more copies of it. But yeah, you could blow up your own stuff for sure and ramp. So hey, not bad. Okay, so as far as targeted removal go- goes, Excavation Technique is one of the more fascinating spells I think I've seen in mono white in a very long time. And I'm pleased to say that it only gets better as we keep going through this set. So let's go into a new category that you listed as conditional value. So conditional value means you have to satisfy a condition to get some value. But the fact that you put the word value in a Boros deck.
1: All of these cards, if you jump through the right hoops, will give you a ton of value.
2: Okay. And we love jumping through hoops as magic players. So the first up is Battle Mages Bracers, two in a red for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature has haste. Whenever an ability of equipped creature is activated, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay one generic mana. If you do copy that ability, you may choose new targets for the copy. And the equip cost here is is two. So at its basic, gives is a, a three mana spell that costs you to equip and it gives a creature haste. And then it does something very powerful. A card called Illusionist Bracer does this. And that's one of the more powerful cards in Magic.
1: Now, there's a little bit of difference. Uh, Illusionist Bracers is completely colorless this mm-hmm. you have to be in red uh, illusionist bracers also doesn't have a mana sink like this makes you pay one in order to activate right. this thing one is not a big cost um yeah. this also gives it haste so maybe if you are comboing off or doing something valuable you're like okay i play the creature immediately equip this thing and uh, then and
2: then do the thing i want to do right because you need the creature to activate its ability the haste part is actually way less about attacking wow is just they, they're like really trying to trick us they're like hey haste is attacking it's like no 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 it's about activating abilities because of this card that's very exciting um i definitely think there's a lot of combo potential here and again we'll talk more in depth about those combos when we do our full set review you want to read the next one yeah go for it okay audacious reshapers two and a red for a three three creature human artificer you can tap and sacrifice an artifact and reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact card Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Audacious reshapers deals damage to you equal to the number of cards revealed this way. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. I didn't even see that last part because the rest of this is gravy. Sack an artifact, a really crappy one. And then you can get a blightsteel Colossus.
1: You, I mean, you could, it's, it's left up to the randomness at the top of your library. And Mm -hmm. if you have crappy artifacts of sacrifice, there are probably at least a couple more in your library somewhere. Right. So there, this is the great red randomness that I like, but a lot of times you can set it up so that it is, you know, a lot better than you might think.
2: Mm -hmm. And I could totally see decks that play blue or other top deck manipulation colors can play really well with this because you brainstorm and then audacious something nuts. Right. So pretty interesting stuff there.
1: There's a lot of different uh, decks that kind of polymorph. You know what I mean? That yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. blue specifically, but you just kind of go until you get the top of your deck. In this deck specifically, just for playstyle purposes, you have a ton of artifacts. You're probably going to take three damage, you know, yeah. because the artifact count is so high. So you're just like, all right. Trade it in for something better. Trade it in for something better. And then Ozgear can bring it back, right? It's a creature.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you're right. He you can bring it back. There's a ton of recursion in here too.
2: Yeah, and you can sacrifice a treasure maybe from an excavation technique targeting yourself. There's lots of stuff you can do here. So pretty interesting. Uh, Jimmy? Yeah?
1: Would you like a secret rendezvous?
2: Sure, I mean, sure. Where are we meeting? Where are we meeting? Where are we uh,
1: dropping? I don't, know. I don't know where we're beating, but we're going to draw some cards together. <laughs> uh, what? I'm
2: there, dude. <laughs> CJ sure told me that first. <laughs> Se- it to be a secret?
1: <laughs> Seeker rendezvous is one white, white for sorcery. You and target opponent each draw three cards.
2: <laughs> that's a mono white card that just said draw six.
1: Morrow teased this, by the way. He teased this that there was a white card that oh. said draw three on it or whatever like that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But and People were racking their brains like... In what world would White (laughs) draw three cards? This is unbelievable. What's the downside? The The downside is you have to give your opponent three cards.
2: Okay. I mean, again, like you said, great point with the excavation technique earlier, which is like there's going to be Kingmaker moments and King Toppler moments. And this seems like a really solid way, especially if you're in a deck that wants to, right? And like, do you play Humble Defector?
1: I do play Humble, Humble Defector.
2: Yeah, I think this is better. Do
1: you play Temple Bell or Howling Mine?
2: Oh, yeah. Totally. Okay. And in this case, you don't need to target the player that's in first. In fact, this could earn you a lot of great points here. Uh, You and target the player each draw three cards. I would actually do a lot to make this
1: deal. For you to pay three mana for me to draw cards. Yeah. I would definitely give you a card's worth of value for that.
2: Right. Maybe you could do something like, look, I'll draw three cards and then one of the cards I draw <laughs> or a card in my hand will be in your <laughs> honor because you helped me draw it or whatever. Just pull
1: a card off the top of the deck and you're just like, this one right here.
2: Yeah. It's, it's yours, Jimmy. <laughs> it's is a it a land? land? <laughs> I don't know. Is I it, don't know. It's a secret, right? It's an amazing <laughs>
1: spell? You don't know either, but this one's yours.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is cool though. I mean, I like the, the, the lore here, which is like two students from other colleges are meeting and trading oh, information. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because it says, Strixhaven's five colleges encourage natural rivalries among the student, but some somebody Bonds, transcend all barriers Aww. That is nice I like having you here It's not a secret anymore But it <laughs> is a rendezvous Okay, uh, let's move on to Flexible Mana Fixing. Another great name of a category here. So we have some interesting cards. Uh, These are not as flashy as what we've seen before, but they're so powerful. So the first is Ruin Grinder. Five and a red for a 7-4 artifact creature construct with Menace, or Menace. When Ruin Grinder dies, each player may discard their hand and draw seven cards. optional wheel when the six-mana artifact dies. It also has mountain cycling for two. So, mountain cycling, similar to land cycling. You basically pay two man, discard this card, and you can go through your deck for a mountain card. So it doesn't need to be a basic land, put it into your hand, then shuffle. So this is also just great on turn two when you don't have any other plays, cycle it, draw a land into your hand. Sometimes in certain decks, if you run enough uh, land cyclers, you can count that almost as an extra land in your deck.
1: Land cycling is sneaky good because the worst thing in the world is to miss your land drops in in Commander. We talk about how ramp is so important, but if you miss your land drop, your ramp doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, like you need to stay up the pace in the game. And so this is flexible enough to be able to but... Um get the mana that you need if you need it. And then at the top end, have this kind of big thing that comes down. And by the way, if you're paying that much mana for it, you might be a little bit empty handed and then you might need that wheel effect.
2: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And you have ways to sacrifice artifacts in this deck. This seems like a really good card, actually. I think this is sneaky good. Do you know what else it is too? What is it? Uh,
1: Do you need a way to get an artifact just into your graveyard? To cheat it back into play or just to have it there in general? Yep. You got an easy cycling effect to just throw it in there.
2: Yeah, and honestly... Two mana is not a huge cost to draw a land into your hand. Like, right? Like you could read this as mono red, pay two mana, draw a land that fixes you, which is pretty solid.
1: Yeah. Uh, Angel of the Ruins is five white white for a five, seven artifact creature angel. It has flying. And when Angel of the Ruins enters the battlefield, exile up to two target artifact and or enchantments.
2: And this is an artifact? It is an artifact.
1: Okay. Artifact the angel. Uh, and then it has plane cycling for two. Oh, okay, so So these these are the cycling friends. Yeah, these are the cycling friends. They're buddies, you know. Uh, How much would you pay to exile two artifacts or enchantments?
2: Uh, Typically, we have four mana, so we're standard for that, right? Okay, and then what would you pay for a five, seven flyer? (laughs) Five to six mana probably.
1: We are we're getting there folks. this yeah. is this is kind of a good value. Seven mana blow two things up and get a huge flyer and have the flexibility of getting your land mm. if you need to or getting this into the graveyard if you need new too. yeah now sometimes when you need artifacts and enchantments gone, you need them gone. You know what I mean? So right, this right, is right. almost like value destroy artifacts or enchantments rather than uh I need to answer this. I need to deal with the board state kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um it is definitely a little bit limited, but I'm surprised at the power level of these um, yeah. kind of what seems like big dumb throwaway cards, you know?
2: Honestly, I, I kind of really like this card. Bl- white has a lot of ways to flicker stuff. Yeah. So if you're flickering it, awesome. If you're in red and white, there are times when you die to flyers and you need a way to stabilize the board as well as deal with threats. It's not just enough to play a breed creature. Sometimes you need to get rid of something and have some, a threat in the way. So that's why I the battlefield abilities are so good. Angel of the ruins. I hope I never get ruined by it, but maybe I'll ruin someone else. Okay. And then we have two lands uh, that are, uh, one of them is in the main set, uh, which is Lorehold campus, the actual campus. It is, a land that taps for red or white. enters the battlefield tapped, and you can pay four mana to tap it and scry one. So this is about as common as it gets. We four mana common power level. Yeah, eh, no thanks. Also, it there's the battlefield tapped. So I mean, if you're really struggling for card advantage, maybe. I mean, are
1: you playing a guild? Are you playing guild Gates, Jimmy?
2: Uh, no. Then, okay. Then yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Then no, this card's not.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I some, I might want the land that gives me a life when it enters the battlefield tapped more than the lore hold campus because based on some of the cards we're going to talk about later card advantage is not as much of a big deal anymore for these colors uh and the other land is study hall uh which bears some similarities to opal palace so you pay you can tap it to add colorless or you can pay one and tap it to add one mana of any color when you spend this mana to cast your commander you scry x where x is the number of times it's been cast from the command zone this game so at the most you're probably going to scry one for it but if you think about it you're paying one extra man to cast your commander and scry one so that's actually not the worst but it's not flashy.
1: Doesn't it seem weird that it's just in two colors in Boros that you yeah. would, like, need this level of fixing? It feels
2: clunky. Right. right, you don't necessarily need this, but if your Boros deck just has like five non-basics, I think Study Hall is fine um, just because you're not going to be choked on colors too often. And it's not like it's in a color like black where you need to have black mana producers because so many cards ask you of that. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is the first set of new cards, but we're going to take a quick mid-roll break. And when we come back, DJ... I believe we are we are going to potentially talk about cards that we might mention in every single set <laughs> review moving forward. These are some powerful cards. They're some very powerful cards. We'll be right back to talk about them in a moment.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
2: Okay, we're back. I, you know, someone might be like Jimmy, the hyperbole is too much. But uh, well, the first time I saw these cards, I was blown away. How would you feel the first time you saw them?
1: Uh, I was excited. Yep. You know, because I like playing red and white decks, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm just feeling sad, perpetually sad that I'm always starting behind. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I don't have access to the same toys that you do, Simic players.
2: Yeah. But now Oh, look, you got extra lands onto the battlefield. That's that's cool. Um, not me though. <laughs> but now we have some new
1: new toys. And I really like that it's just not, hey, just put a land on the battlefield. they right. they feel borosy, they feel unique, they're powerful. Let's yeah. stop teasing them.
2: And, and you know what? One more shout out to Lorehold. They found out, hey, you know, if we can give red and white something, let's give them good artifact stuff yeah play sure. with artifacts that right that artifacts to begin with are kind of every color and now Lorehold has that and it's giving us the value we need please kick us off with that cursed mirror
1: cursed mirror is an artifact it's two and a red and you can tap it for a red so two and a red artifact tap it for a red okay thumbs up baseline okay uh as cursed mirror enters the battlefield you may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield until end of turn except it has haste. What? So, what? I like the floor on this? 3 mana artifact. 3 mana, mana for red. Rock. I mean, like we'd prefer it to be a 2, but we, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's is that bad? It's not
2: awful. No. It's not great, but again, this is an artifact deck that needs artifacts as well to sacrifice being the band wherever it is. But this
1: second part? What about the ability late game to draw your mana rock and be like, oh, I'm gonna copy your Eldrazi. Yeah. I'm gonna copy your Atali. I'm gonna copy your dragon, your angel, your anything.
2: And it has haste, so you can swing with it that turn. Uh, you know, obviously, it's gonna switch back into the cursed mirror afterwards, but sometimes you don't, it doesn't matter, right? Let's, let's say someone has a, uh, a, a crazy creature out, like a Hellkite Tyrant, that's also in the deck, by the way, and you swing with that thing, that's a, that's a massive swing.
1: Clone effects, copy effects, they're fun in Commander. I like playing with them. Yeah. They're really fun. Um, they're very fair because you're looking at the board and you're playing something that's reacting to the board in front mm-hmm. of you, you know, and they're good catch-up mechanics too. Someone has yeah. a crazy board state and then suddenly this can save you. So this is, is a card that can do things that a lot of other cards can't. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just a mana it,
2: rock. Yeah, as it enters the battlefield too. So you're going to get the ETB abilities of stuff. Oh and my gosh, I didn't think of that. And it's a three mana, right? Normally for three mana, it's like, oh, okay, you're going to active treason something. But at the end of the day, when that creature is done for and it turns back into the Cursed Mirror, you just have a mana rock.
1: Just think about all the ETBs that you can get off of this.
2: hmm Sun Titan. <laughs> I mean, right? You're going to find value somewhere else from someone else's thing because you are in borrow so you're mono red i think this is like honestly this feels like a oh this is the other thing you can copy your own creatures cursed mirror is pushed i think this card is absolutely pushed for a mono red artifact um i mean the only way that this could be more powerful i think is if you made it a permanent copy or if it costs two mana like the fact and that those are small those are small things honestly yeah, because yeah. if
1: you want a permanent copy you know they're there do du- i know you have to go into blue but dax duplicate you right, know four yeah. mana copy a thing has a you know something like that um but i love the fact that when you don't sometimes a copy doesn't work mm-hmm. sometimes it's turn 3 and like there isn't really a good creature to put on the battlefield. It doesn't matter. You just yeah. play
2: your mana rock. This card is almost never dead. And even if you could copy something impactful on turn three, like what if you copy Nazusa and then put two more lands on the battlefield, right? Oh my <laughs> like, gosh, Jimmy, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> There's just so much Stop stuff. Stop naming staples that work with this card. Yeah, right. They're all of them. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. There's no CMC requirements. It can be any creature, including your own. Uh, it just seems, seems very, very powerful. Um, I just love that you can use it early and late. And the best part is that's not even the best card that we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Okay, next up we have monologue tax. Two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you create a treasure token. Oh, boy. Do you like smothering tithe?
1: I, I do like Smothering Tithe. Does, does everyone else like Smothering Tithe?
2: Probably not, but this is a Smothering Tithe that doesn't make you ask them, do you want to pay the whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice, you almost got there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the, the picture obviously reminds you of Smothering Tithe, right? It's just the person... Oh, it
1: totally does. Yeah, just the, the blah, coming out of the yeah,
2: mouth, yeah. yeah. Um, I think quite often, we are casting two spells a turn in Commander. So I would say you play this on turn three... Uh, you pass the turn, turn four, turn five, there's a very good chance that at least two of your opponents on each rotation are going to cast two spells that turn. So that means you're going to get three, four, five treasures maybe off of this already. I mean, that pays for itself at that point.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's a fair thing to to say that this does pay for itself. It is good value. But like the fact that it's so closely compared to Smothering Tithe means that this might feel a little bit lackluster because Smothering Tithe does do some crazy stuff and people yeah. wheel and people like draw tons of cards and you know you end up with masses of treasure in front of you and this is not exactly smothering tithe but smothering tithe sometimes doesn't even feel that great
2: you yeah know? it's one of those effects that i actually put in less of my decks unless they desperately need it because i don't like right it's the same reason i'm taking a Rhystic study out of some decks because i just don't like sitting there and being the t- the tax police you know, and smothering tithe is obviously more powerful, but this is three mana. I think this is still gonna do a lot of work.
1: Mana ramp coming down earlier has a larger impact on the game. So the fact right. that this comes down on three and can help two, boost yeah. you boost you into like higher uh costing mana spells earlier, a yep. turn earlier, is better.
2: Yeah, I like monologue attacks a lot. I think this is much, much better very early in the game when players are gonna be. but later on in the game too, it could still just get you right passive mana generation. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of card that if it's on the table, no one's looking to remove it. With the removal spell because they don't see the impact as hard, right? It's not Ristic State. you're not drawing a bunch of cards, but you're gonna get a lot of that ma- value out of it, I think, if you can get out early. Um, and then the last artifact, this one is, again, absurdly cool. exciting. Archaeomancer's map, two and a white for an artifact. When Archaeomancer's map enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic planes cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle. So right off the bat, this is Divination. It's a three mana, draw two spell at sorcery speed.
1: People discriminate, but lands are cards too.
2: Yeah, 100%. Because when you <laughs> cast your divination, you could just draw two lands off the top of your library. This gets you two planes specifically, basic planes. But the second part is where things get nuts.
1: This, this needs to do more. You don't play divination in any of your decks, right? Okay.
2: But I will play this now in a lot. Okay, so the second part of our Archaomancer's map. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Static effect, rest of the game, you just drew two planes, and this is how you catch up. Wow. It's not just players playing lands too. Fetch lands, cracked land, any, any myriad landscapes. Anytime a player puts a land out and the land comes in and they have more lands than you, you get to ramp a card out of your hand immediately.
1: This is, this is great, you know, because this isn't wow. just the two lands that you draw. These are lands for the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have lands on the battlefield and there is gonna be someone that has more than you. Yeah. You know, it's always gonna happen. And so this effect of just keep catching up over and over again is is great
2: it's great yeah and like sure at some point maybe you run out of lands to put onto the battlefield but this at the very least does the thing that we really want white to be able to do which is catch up to the opponent in a way that feels fair Uh, because white isn't the color that's going to jump in front of your opponents but it is totally the one that's about balancing things out catching up is definitely i think the theme that we're seeing here boros is now loving artifacts and value red loves impulsive draw white likes to catch up so if your opponents are casting more spells, the tax you create is I get to give get more treasures. Smothering Tithe, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, three mana sort of spell in green, like Cultivator, Kadama's Reach, Commander, Staples, you get a land on the battlefield and you draw land, essentially, yep. for three mana. This... I mean, all that has to happen is someone plays a land mm-hmm. that has more than you and suddenly you take that planes that you got and put it on the battlefield and you just, kadama's reached, you just cultivated, but yeah. you still have this effect on the
2: battlefield. Yeah, that's great. And this is another one of those effects where no one's going to get rid of it because who wants to waste an artifact removal spell on something like this when something crazy's on the other side? Heck, as long as you're not the first player, Archaomancer's map looks amazing because you know if you're the second player even the player that's in the first in the turn order they should be hitting lands every turn and that means that you at some point will be able to put that land on the battlefield amazing 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 so i'm pretty sure we are going to see all three of these cards quite a bit uh monologue tax and a Mancer's map are both definitely staples of decks that need it in mono white two color white spells as long as green is not involved really or blue okay this, there's a lot of caveats there's a lot of caveats yeah. but but there, i mean like I, you know people jokingly say i don't know if you see these comments on game nights but i'm like ah yes all the four colors of magic are represented today because we just have avoided having white on that's the show hilarious. for like three episodes yeah so finally white gets a couple of tools that are going to be able to catch them up to the rest of the squad okay this next uh covering subject that's what we were saying it is graveyard recursion so why don't you take us away with the first one here
1: all right, the first one is Wake the Past. It's five red, white for sorcery. It's mm-hmm. a lot of mana. Return all artifact cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Okay. They gain haste until end of turn
2: wow gravy on top they gain haste as well i
1: love that they gain haste
2: yeah that feels very
1: doesn't that feel boros because this is like a very uh value effect right it's Mm -hmm. just like bring everything back get your engine going and that's great but i love that it also has that little bit of boros flavor to it where it's like oh by the way if you wanted to attack you can attack
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) because people might read that and go oh my mana rocks my you know my five mana things that do stuff but no we're talking creatures here we got steel Hellkite in this deck there is lots of cards that would love to get haste when they come back not to mention they're there forever so that's this is a sort of 7 mana win the game type of spell in Boros now um, You got to build around artifacts, but hey, you know what? It's better than building around attacking, I think.
1: This deck is built around artifacts. It goes in perfectly, and yeah. there's a ton of ways to get artifacts in there. Your commander gets yep. artifacts in
2: there. And uh, you might want to bring this one back, because you're probably not hardcasting it as often. i rather pay seven mana than nine, because this is a nine mana card called Triplicate Titan. That's a nine-nine artifact creature golem with flying, vigilance, and trample. So... That by itself is pretty scary. Flying Vigilance Trample, no one's going to block this thing anytime soon. But if they do get rid of it, if they're like too scary, well, when it dies, you create three things. One, a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature token with flying. Uh and a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature with vigilance and can you guess the last one a 3-3 golem artifact creature with trample so the titan becomes all three of its parts here you can see it's got like a bull head a bird head and a dude with a spear on it so i guess those represent all three things it can turn into wow this card seems really fun to cheat out with a one of your commander cards it seems like a really good card to get out with wake the past um, Pretty powerful. Obviously, a nine-mana card like Phyrexian Treniform, they're hard to cast, uh, so you're going to want to find a way to get out in the battlefield otherwise. But
1: artifacts are a little bit easier to cheat into play yeah. um, than a lot of other things, and some of the other big artifacts that we see, like a Blightsteel Colossus, can't stay in your graveyard very long. Same, you know, uh, right. same thing with Eldrazi, you know? Right. They have these shuffle effects, these ways to get them back into their library, and finally we have big nine mana dumb thing that we can reanimate or, you know, cheat into, on into play. And you know what? This deck has a ton of mana ramp too. So there's a chance you just top deck it and cast it.
2: Yep, that seems pretty good. Otherwise, maybe you're using, uh, I don't know, you're using something else, right? You're, you're, pl- you're playing Awake the Past or you're getting this on the battlefield. Yeah. And, uh, or you're using Audacious Reshapers to reshape into a nightmare, oh, right? reshape into it. And, then if it. and then if someone targets it removal, you use the reshapers to get rid of it and you get three 3-3s. Three Jeez. Woo! Party. I like that. I like that. it. I like it a lot.
1: I like that. Uh, okay, Reconstruct History. It's uh, two red and a white for a sorcery. Return up to one target, artifact card, enchantment card, sorcery, instant, planeswalker.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then from your graveyard to your hand, and then you exile this.
2: Am I really holding five fingers That's up, five Brent? <laughs> That's five things! That's five... Nice. Can't do that. You couldn't do that a freaking month ago. And I know, can't. right? Vaccines <laughs> rock. Okay. Um. Wow. That's a lot of value. That's a lot. That's five
1: things. Yeah, you now... return
2: back. Even if you get... Are you happy if you get one thing? No. Two things?
1: Yes, actually.
2: Yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. Four mana return two things in red and white. And it, again, you have the whole range: creature, artifact, enchantment, sorcery. In- no creature, no creature. Oh, no creature. Sorry, artifact, sorcery, instant, enchantment, or planeswalker. Yes. Jeez, that is pretty good. I mean, just looking at the cards that we even have on the... You're, battle... you're going to get an
1: artifact every time out of this deck.
2: Yeah, you're, you you're always going to get an artifact. You could get your monologue tax back. You could get your rip apart, your wake oh, yeah. the past. There is so many things you can pick up here.
1: You're getting you're getting two for ones all the time. And every so often, you're going to achievement unlocked to get a five for one in Boros for four.
2: Yeah, that is an achievement unlocked. Um, I mean, if you have... And Red's got tons of ways to discard cards as well. So I could totally see playing into a reconstruct history play where you're doing your, you know, your faithless looting or whatever, getting stuff into the bin. Everyone's like, why are you discarding that? It's so good. You'd be like, (laughs) you're ready to see the most nuts play that I've ever done in Boros? Getting it all back. Reconstructing history indeed. This
1: is in the main set too, by the way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I like that, right? Artifacts, uh, as we saw, they were, uh, what were were they called back in the day? They were historic cards. If they're an artifact enchantment, there's like a name for them. Yeah, a legendary Legendary, artifact or
1: saga or whatever. So
2: yeah, saga. So it looks like they're playing Back into that idea of history, artifacts telling stories, and so Lorhold, Lorhold, I'm so proud of you. You know where were you three years ago? We needed to, we needed your school and your teaching out in the world much, much earlier than, than we I, got. I in. actually
1: really like this card because it rewards you building balanced decks too. You right. know, a lot of times you build these very focused, very, you know, crazy decks, you know, just instance in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this is like, hey, build a balanced deck to play this balanced card that can give you a bunch of ba- value back in borrows.
2: And it works again in like the Wyleth, the equipment decks, because your creatures are going to die. Maybe you're playing combat tricks. Maybe you need a way to rebuy something really important. So like Reconstruct History, I mean, you don't even need to be an artifact deck, right? You could just no. have enchantments, instant sorceries and planeswalkers. Yeah. Like that's enough. Okay. Wow. Okay, so let's go to the last topic here, which is more artifacts, more damage, because obviously we need to win the game somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, we have Bronze Guardian. It's four and a white for a star five artifact creature, Golem. It has Double Strike. as a new ability from Strixhaven called Ward. So Ward 2, so whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter it, unless that player pays two mana. And other fa- other artifacts you control have Ward 2. And finally, Bronze Guardian's power is equal to the Number of artifacts you control. Okay, war. Oh, it's
1: only missing trample. Honestly, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it's got double strike. I mean, this
1: thing's I mean, gonna get huge. You're gonna people are gonna have to block this thing. Double mm-hmm. strike is big. You know, we've I've seen decks that put treasure onto the battlefield, uh, artifacts on the battlefield, and all this stuff have these things get massive. You know,
2: also it has war two and it gives other artifacts you control not just artifact creatures so we're talking about your Archaeomancers maps and your mon- and like and like the cards that are really good right so that's really interesting because are that- you discouraged by ward two or totally yeah because like i put my removal spells in my deck because they cost two mana not four and if they're four mana, I want them to exile something, get them off yeah. the battlefield forever. And if that turns that four mana spell into a six mana spell, it just it's it's a really good deterrent because it slows everyone down sometimes just enough for them not to be able to cast that second spell that turn or the one that or sequence it the exact way that they wanted to. It, it feels more and more like commander is this like battle of inches, and so effects like ward where they were not as amazing back in the day are much better now that everyone's trying to play more efficiently, lower CMC spells, because this just jumps the CMC of their deck when they're trying to target your stuff. Even abilities like a tapper or whatever to tap something down just cost two more to do.
1: Ward's like Frost Titan, right? Yeah. So it's punishing where if you target it and you can't pay the two, it just gets countered. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, like, uh, there's no... I used to think that they would... Make it so that you just couldn't target it if you don't pay the extra two.
2: No, you can target but now it now. You can they, target it, yeah. and your spell just gets countered. Counter it unless that player pays. Yeah, and if you can flash the Bronze Guardian in or find a way to cheat it, and it's in Ooh, speed. Ooh, that'd be response. fun. I like that's, that. That's cool too. That's a yeah. Good
1: achievement right there.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of achievements <laughs> to be unlocked with this deck. Okay, the last new card that we're going to be talking about here before we dig into the stats of this deck is Dig Sight Engineer. Two in a white for a 3-3 three, three creature dwarf artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you may pay two mana. If you do, create a zero, 0 colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. It's a Karnstruct. construct. I oh, love Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so anytime you cast an artifact, you pick two mana on top, you could sometimes be making a 5-5, five, five, a 6-6, six, six, uh, an 8-8. Eight, eight. They keep building on each other. And again, we right. talked
1: about how many treasures this generates, how much, you know, random incidental artifact, the mana ramp, mm-hmm. so that when you just play a random artifact, pay two, and then you just, oops, get a 5-5 five, five or an 8-8, eight, eight. That's great.
2: Yeah, this. I mean, this seems like uh, it's. It's nice too. It's a three-man three-three. It's right in that spot of like high-value creatures that don't break the game, but clearly are very good in your deck if it synergizes. Right, like you have the Corsair of Crew Fixes for lands decks. Your Azusa's, and Digside Engineer I think is right there for artifact decks. Costs a little bit of mana, but. When you're making seven sevens, eight eights, and then they become fodder for your other artifact cards, your bronze guardian gets bigger. It seems like it's, it actually, it's got that cross table synergy that works really well. Well, I
1: think that uh, there are elements of this deck that are a ramp deck, because we do have these nine drops and these big artifacts. Yeah. And one of the issues of a ramp deck is that sometimes you can draw all of the things that get you there and no action, or you draw the action, you know, before you have the ramp that gets you there and your deck feels clunky. Uh, This gives you something awesome, to do mm-hmm. when you draw boros signet you know and turn seven you yeah know what
2: i mean yeah yeah. all of a sudden that boros signet becomes a five five construct creature or a six six or even more yeah and you get to have sorry and you get to have that boros uh signet uh, you know so.
1: and it pumps this thing and you can sacrifice it for value right. and you can you know polymorph it away or whatever for something better and yeah. all of it builds on each other
2: Yeah, and I feel much better about using the Audacious Reshapers to get rid of a Construct than one of my, like, really powerful artifacts, too. Um, Okay, so let's dive very quickly into the deck stats. Those are the 21 new cards. I am unbelievably impressed Maybe we overhyped it a little bit, but like seriously, there are at least six or seven cards in here that make me go, these are going in decks that I already have right now.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of a lot of people that love artifacts that love this deck specifically are gonna be excited about how these synergize and work together. Yeah. I have a Mardu artifacts deck, so I'm oh, geeking cool. out about this a lot. But then there's a lot of other people that look at these like staple cards, they look at the the things that provide more depth to Boros. Yeah. And they're all secretly happy too.
2: And the reason I really liked the triple of Curse Mirror, Monolog, Tex, and Mancer's map is that none of them are Boros. They are white and red. Mm-hmm. So you can put them, that means, into a lot of other decks. You don't need to have red and white in the deck that you put them into. So that, that I think, is really valuable. Yeah, and Reconstruct History yeah, is the only Boros one. But, like, man a secret rendezvous to draw a bunch of cards I think. and i like the angel i honestly like the angel yeah i do too angel of the rune seven mana man if you had to choose one favorite from you know here. you
1: called it you called it you said there are like six cards that like artifacts aside <laughs> you like you feel like you like a lot that you would run in a bunch of decks and yeah. i think i think this is it right there too
2: yeah and i do love the commanders as well so let's talk about the deck do, 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 do. Stats. Stats. so how many ramp spells are in this sucker
1: 16 ramp spells Just lots of Artifact Ramp. Uh, And that's, I think, what we need. You know, in a Ramp deck and a deck that has nine drops, you need a critical mass of, of Artifact
2: Ramp. Yeah, and the Artifacts serve two purposes, for Ramp as well as Fodder for your commander. There are eight card draw spells, uh, however, there are nine cards that potentially put an artifact into the graveyard while drawing you a card.
1: Yeah, usually we don't count cantrips as mm-hmm. draw spells that just like, oh, like we play this and you discard a draw card or something like that. Right. It, just, it doesn't give you enough velocity to move forward in the game, but in this deck getting artifacts or getting things into the graveyard does give you value, and so it's important to note that there's a lot of cards yeah. in here that like kind of cycle themselves or put themselves in the graveyard right. or cantrip a little bit. And yeah, we had the mountain
2: cycler and the plane cycler, so those are both yeah they look so much better because of the synergy and mm-hmm. the enabling effect that they have um there are 11 targeted removal spells so that's i mean we just talked about in the, the most recent episode of deck building template to, that you got to up this number now for a uh, targeted removal and 11 versions of that is that's perfect it's that's that's right in the right spot
1: yeah uh and also we didn't skimp on the board wipes either There are four mm. board wipes okay it feels like this is really well balanced
2: it does i mean just looking at these cards here alone right there aren't too many cards that are like there's a there's a couple of five drops there's a nine drop a seven drop but there's so much value packed into the cards that it doesn't feel like you're going to be sort of like just doing nothing and i know the deck has lots of big impactful spells as well but this does seem really nice and bore obviously better in artifact decks especially when you don't care when the stuff goes to the graveyard so Seems like there's a lot of value here. Well-balanced, good job uh, on the pre-con construction. We'll obviously go more into that when we do our budget deck tech upgrades and all that. But from what DJ and I see here, we give it two enth- enthusiastic thumbs-ups. Okay, so this deck, you know, the, the a lot of the cards we didn't talk about uh, are all the cards that are in the deck itself. And it looks like, you know, the deck strategy is... Just get value out of artifacts, mess with your opponents, get rid of their stuff, outvalue them over the long run and kind of grind them down a little bit. And then maybe do the Boros thing, which is swinging for the double striker or hit them really hard with these giant flyers.
1: Yeah, your commander really adds a lot of value because uh, you can play your normal game plan of ramping and playing artifacts. Mm -hmm. And that that totally works. And that's what makes a powerful commander in many cases that you can have your game plan go on without it. But when you do play your commander, then that gives you that added benefit of giving access to your graveyard. And that's gonna be super important. Sacrifice outlet built in and then getting doubling up on those things in your graveyard. Like, hey, let's just double up the soul ring that someone blew up. Oh, or man. let's discard, you know, an ancient den that's in this deck and then suddenly be able to have two lands and ramp that way.
2: Yeah, that's really exciting. The fact that you can get rid of these Darksteel Citadel, Great Furnace. These are just great lands because they count towards your artifact total and they're a land drop. So you can already feel the synergy sort of clasping together here. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of this deck so far just based off of that alone.
1: Yeah, and I think that a lot of times we we want to be doing things in commander games, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the curve in this deck is good enough and there's enough ramp in this deck yeah. that you can always be doing you're always doing things and then when you run out of things to do, your commander gives you card advantage, you know. Right. We see all of these other uh, things that give you card advantage that let you churn through your deck and then you're not just creating like this value engine that doesn't do anything, that just draws cards, that dirtles yeah. out. You're playing fun, impactful, big spells. You know, we've got reprints like Bosch and Mirror Battlesphere. Oh, yeah. You know, Meteor Golem, the nine drop that we talked about before. Just like Get Titan. Big things. Big things to cheat out with Felden and Duretti also in here. Big oh, things. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Felden to bring here. back and have haste, you know, with that big seven mana, bring everything back spell.
2: Yeah. And then you have cards like. Michael Synth Wellspring or Icar Wellspring, which both want to be sacrificed and play really well in a deck like this. You've got your classics, you got the Soaring Arcane Signet and everything. Oh yeah, you have Steel Overseer. I like Steel in Overseer, here. man. Nice.
1: Just because it, like, you go wide, you put Karn Strux on the battlefield, you know. And then boom. You know, in the maybe in the pre-constructed the deck upgrade thing, when we analyze this deck a little bit deeper, we'll talk about maybe taking it in a cheat big things into play direction or go right. wide direction. But I really like that even though this deck might work against itself a little bit. uh, I like that. It feels like a great mid-range deck that always has something to do.
2: Yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it because you're right, you could hone in on the strategy and just be like, we want to cheat huge things out. And that's that Felden of the third path type deck, or we want to go wide. I think the real reason that Ozgear just resonates so much is because when he sacrifices the artifact, he actually is a combat trick. He makes a creature get plus two plus O. So that means that you could be doing a huge combat and then out of nowhere, it's really hard to block. And also you could have lethal just by stacking enough artifacts. It's cheap enough. So it is really interesting. Obviously, Ozgir works great in terms of just being in combat and you don't want to block him as well. He's a 4-4 with Vigilance, so he can attack, do that sacrificing thing. There's just a lot of synergy here, so... The
1: sacrificing thing, you make a really good point about that because there's been a lot of times in my artifact deck where I'm attacking with, you know, seven Thopters or something like that, seven Flyers or something like that, and then, you know... Being able to okay, you don't block this one. Okay, sacrifice the one you block. Sacrifice the one you block. Sacrifice right, because the they're going to die because they're one more. And one then whatever. get in and then get in all of that damage where you need to. Mm-hmm. It feels yep. Boros. I like that.
2: Feels Boros in that regard. And then obviously you're going to sacrifice the artifacts you want to recur. But the fact that you can do both is great. Yeah. Because like you just said, typically your stack just being like, okay, well I'm doing the combat trick thing. But now you have a very legitimate way to use the graveyard that you're sacrificing stuff into. So, how the deck plays? Do you think this deck is fun to play from this alone? Heck yeah. Yeah. It's very fun to play. I'm
1: super excited about it. I uh, I gave it a free, few little test runs. Yeah. You know, I tried to goldfish it a little bit, and it was fun. I loved how often you had Mana Rocks to play. I feel like that sometimes is a keeps some precons from competing against other decks yeah. is just that you can't keep up. You can't ramp or draw enough cards. And I didn't feel like that in this deck. I felt like there was always something to do. And I really liked getting into the mid game because I felt like my commander gained value doubling up mm. things out of your graveyard was so fun. Yeah. Being able to strategically bin stuff to get it back later to churn through your deck was so fun
2: yeah okay now let's ask the real question does this deck make financial sense so we're gonna look at the value of the cards we do this for all of the new pre-cons typically and we take the value at the moment of recording so this is obviously going to change once people know what the cards are and the reprints are but uh, let's look at commander 2019 the average reprint value was about 80 dollars per deck In 2020 for Ikoria, the average reprint value rose to about $96, and for the Strixhaven Lorehold deck reprint value, we are at a solid $103, so that's pretty good reprint value. Let's take a look at actually where they come from, because this one's a little bit skewed in one direction here.
0: Yeah,
1: we have some real big major reprints, you know, but there are only three cards over $5, Mm -hmm. and that's a little bit of a deviation from past sets where they had the average of about five cards over $5, but... These three cards, like two of them, are way over
2: $5. 4X, 5X even.
1: Yeah, we have Hellkite Tyrant at $25. Yep. Hellkite Tyrant, by the way, is fun. Yes. It is a fun <laughs> card. I'm so glad it got reprinted. Uh, it's
2: been a while, right? And it's, it's yeah. one of those, like, it's a six mana, six, five dragon, right? I, I love this in dragon decks, but this is great because this gives you artifacts to sacrifice with your commander. It's a win
1: condition too. Like you could yeah. win with this deck because the other tech says if you have 20 or more oh, right. artifacts... You win the game.
2: Yeah, you could actually, right? You got a Mirror Battlesphere here if you're making two copies of that, if you're making a bunch of...
1: You're making Karnstrucks all the time. You're making Treasure all the time. Yeah,
2: the Hellcat. Wow, that's actually true. It is a straight-up win condition in this deck. Um, The other card that is very much up there is Thousand Year Elixir. Now, this one definitely has spiked more recently, but this is a pretty strong card. Obviously, you're able to give stuff haste, uh, activate abilities, and you can pay man to untap creatures, so that means you're using Ozgear more than once. You're using your, uh, your Audacious Reshape more than once um pretty good stuff
1: Your steel overseer it does feel like this is um A financial inclusion. Like Wizard said, this should not be a $25 card. People want to be able to play with their interesting activated abilities. Let's reprint it. Yeah, and and it's been in Commander decks too, yeah. Yeah. So
2: it's definitely a card that they know. Um, And then the last $5 card or over is Combustible Gear Hulk, which is just slightly hovering above the $5 amount. And I actually like Combustible Gear Hulk a lot. It's a way for you to bin cards into your graveyard. Yeah. Otherwise, a player is going to have to give you cards with it as well. So you could draw cards off it. So I I like that a bunch. Do you know is fun? in a Both deck that has nine great.
1: drops in a deck that has <laughs> like just yeah. being able to say like "binum" to someone and then you mill a seven drop a nine drop an eight drop another seven drop like this could deal a ton of direct damage mm-hmm. and it's it's really satisfying when you flip things over and then do a ton of damage and then also having artifacts in your graveyard is not a downside in this deck
2: yep Honestly, you play Combustible Gear Hulk, and sure, you just get a six mana, six, six, but putting three cards in your graveyard in this deck is probably akin to drawing at least one, one and a half cards. Um, so that seems pretty good there as well. Now there are fourteen cards over tw- uh, two dollars, and the average t- in twenty twenty for the decks was seventeen cards over two dollars in each deck. But you've got really great inclusions with Steel Overseer, uh, which used to be which used to cost a ton, by the way.
1: Yeah, it dropped to around three dollars now. Yeah, you know?
2: and then you have Solemn Simulacrum, Steel uh, uh, Arcane Signet, Soul Ring, all of those cards, obviously format staples
1: and but you just mentioned a bunch of format i mean steel overseer definitely goes in artifact decks but you mm-hmm. mentioned a bunch of format staples just like you said and so i think that Wizards is doing that a lot more often which is putting in a lot of format staples mm-hmm. but you guys can do math that means that there are a lot of cards that are you know 50 cents 25 cents and stuff like that yep. i think that's the new standard in in these kinds of decks but honestly i i
2: don't mind I don't mind it either. In fact, I'm just looking at this, right? We have duplicate Steel Hellkite, you have commander Sphere, you have a Hedron Archive. I would highly recommend uh, a new player buy this deck because just by itself you can put duplicate and steel Hellcut in pretty much any commander deck and not feel bad about it yeah obviously it's better in this one but this feels like a really great starting place for just a bunch of different you know sculpting steel is another amazing budget card if you don't have you know amazing artifacts but you want to copy your opponents
1: soul ring arcane signet mind stone you know yeah. just like really really good ramp spells that go in a lot of different decks
2: yeah so i'm feeling really good about that so to the listeners Are you excited about this deck? Because me and DJ, I mean, we're like children. You know, it's like Christmas over here for us. Uh, It is Commander
1: Christmas, isn't it?
2: Yeah, except red and green has turned into red and white because this deck is blowing my mind. I can't wait to see what's in the other pre-cons. My only hope is that they don't have so much value that it just makes this one look pale in comparison, you know?
1: Do you know what? I think that, remember, all of the value that we're giving is just the reprint value. Yeah. It doesn't take into consideration these format staples that we talked about. yeah so what's going to happen is that people are the uh, the other reprints are going to go down a little bit hopefully they're going to go down people are going to play with you know all of these amazing cards you know arcane signet go down be a dollar all that good stuff (laughs) but then we get to play with these new cards and these new cards hold a lot of value and they they hold a lot
2: yeah i i think we're gonna see archaeomancer's map in monologue text quite a bit and curse mirror is just gonna be one of those cards when it gets played on turn eight everyone's gonna go oh (laughs) what? it, does, it I, not I'm sorry. everyone i'm gonna go oh what oh because you're yeah or Who's you're the one playing it? yeah <laughs> oh what take that about it um yeah so let us know what any of these new cards slot perfectly into your existing commander decks maybe there is a cool strategy that we didn't think about that you love to see with these new uh, synergies that are artifacts or not and of course if you want to pick up this deck and now that you know what the reprints are if you want to pick up any of these new format staples head on over cardking.com slash command zone that's our affiliate link when you do so you're going to head to one of the best businesses around when it comes to buying and selling cards you can trade in cards to them as well but more most importantly get the cards you want get the monologue taxes the Archaeomancer's map the cursed mirrors play with cool new cards play with cool new cards you know that's my favorite part about commander christmas and they did such a good job with commander legends that i have a lot of faith that they're making good stuff for commander. Um, you know, maybe we were complaining about red and white a couple of years ago. And it looks like finally we kind of caught up to they the were development us, cycle. They? they were telling us. Yeah.
1: Just wait. They were like, just wait. You're going to get a little bit every time. And I think that we are getting a little bit more every single time. Yeah. And it feels good. It feels good.
2: It feels really good. Um, one can only hope that, right. I think this is the exact right power level that I want it to be. Mm-hmm. None of us, Are really interested in playing competitive edh we don't need these staple type cards to be two mana one mana we'd rather them be you know three or four i think four has been like the this is our balanced mana cost in magic uh and i think that's just the right place to be you know so it doesn't go crazy with competitive players and legacy and all those older formats to shoot the prices up hopefully they'll be widely accessible to everyone and finally ultra pro is another sponsor of the show when you get these decks you might want to get the lore hold specific sleeves the lore hold specific play map
1: yeah rep your rep your college right
2: college yeah. yeah i'm really excited i'm just glad that we are not on ravnica and doing the same two color pair names over and over again i think boros is going to become Lorehold for me in terms of how i describe it just like oh what kind of deck are you playing oh Lorehold hold deck it's a Lorehold hold colors deck <laughs> and they're like oh what's that you mean boros no Lorehold. no Lorehold. <laughs> yeah boros is more about attacking i'm more about value over here um and of course let's move on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic before we started dj was like i don't know what to talk about but I think I do know what you want to talk about. What do I want to talk about? The fact that we can both sit here right next to each other and be free and happy and feel safe because <sighs> of vaccines. Um, they're rolling out all around the country uh, and and the world. Um, I think we passed the 100 million mark by like 50 something days we instead did, of 100. Yeah. So it was good. At this point, you know, I know a lot of people that are just calling their local CVS and asking every day, like, hey, do you have any extra? Hey, do you have any extra? Takes very little time off your plate. And if they do, you can just go right in. And we're almost at that point where there are going to be enough vaccines for every single person that needs it. Thank goodness. I never thought we'd get out of this. I know, right? Yeah. So
1: we're, we're almost there be safe in the meantime yes we're
2: not all the way there yet yeah. you still need to wear a mask in public because even though we have the vaccine we could carry it and we could give it to other people so make sure you still adhere to wearing masks uh, all of the guidelines wash your hands all that good stuff and if you have a chance to get a vaccine or, or get one for someone else definitely i can't recommend it enough um every single this is a bite not nah, this is a bipartisan issue everyone agrees just get vaccinated so we can get back to playing magic and magic fests. Oh my
1: gosh, Jimmy, I'm so excited to play some magic.
2: Oh, man, me too. If you know what's the, uh, I, I'm just thinking about Vegas because it's the biggest one and we get to meet the most fans and it's the most fun. But you know, I we've been talking Probably about going just
1: the LGS, right? Like I know, like right? We have these big things. Like yes, I'm thinking about Vegas too. Go, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely thinking about that, but I'm also thinking about. Like just having my
2: friends over. I I want to do a Commander Legends draft so badly.
1: How much storage boxes we have? This is not outside the world of magic, but I have like just boxes of stuff where I'm like, put it on the shelf and I'm like, someday.
2: You're like singing to it. Someday. <laughs> it's looking at you a little tear drops down inside side. It's like, please play me. Yeah, so I can't wait to do all of that. Uh hope all of you can find out vaccines and stuff. Just call around. Uh, all your CVSs, those types of areas are gonna be providing them as well. The same people that give you flu shots. So so very excited. I, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We just have to hold out a little bit more and we're gonna get there, everyone. Okay, cleanup step. Our editing graphics and logistics team here at the show. Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, for the, the Soccer, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss. Patrick Nam, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Metalcraft, Sam Waller, Josh Lee, Quiet, and DJ. You had to take a breath in the middle of that. Yeah, I did. I, I don't think I could do the whole thing. And of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer. He does his cool animations in front of our show. Sometimes behind us, you can find him online at Living Cards MTG. He, he's just another one of our, our uh, graphics teams here at this point. So DJ, it's so good to have you here. It's so good to podcast again with you. I still think about that bling episode we do sometimes. I
1: do too. It's mostly because I keep buying more bling. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I just restocked my bling stock and I got a couple of new cards. I love the fact that, uh, like, that new Cultivate, by the way, the full art one Ooh, from M20, yeah. I think, might be one of my favorite, like, treatments of that card. I'm kind. looking
1: at uh, old bordered foils from Times Mass. Oh,
2: man. I really hope that set gets another reprint because those cards look so cool. Oh, the Tassiger that got played on game nights from Cassius oh, in the old frame. It, so good. When it happened, I was like, that's exactly how that card should look. I know.
1: Oh, <laughs> my gosh
2: all right everyone that does it for us <laughs> getting really crazy about Lorehold. hold uh there's plenty more deck reveals out there make sure you go look for them i think they're all dropping around this time frame and of course we got tons more content on the way so make sure you subscribe to our channel follow dj what can you find you online a jumbo commander jumbo commander have a youtube channel i have a, very, very I yeah. have a twitter
1: uh, i'll gotta. be around here too
2: yeah <laughs> all right everyone thanks so much for watching thank you we'll see you next time bye bye